the world is full of wonders. Magic is hidden in small moments. And monsters could be hiding just out of sight. But if you're looking to find them, adventure is waiting to happen. You never know who you'll meet along the way. We are the Storyteller Squad. adventurers welcome back to the storyteller squad thanks again for joining us as we play monster of the week but for the first time we don't find ourselves in the cozy town of autumn falls our heroes have traveled to portland a city that is home to plenty of supernatural activity and a particularly mysterious agency we're just gonna dive right in with character intros because we left off on a bit of a cliffhanger last time as our heroes visited the Eastie agency for the first time so with a deep sigh, he's saying hi, Hugo Rashad. Spirit friends, magic powers, can't lose? Felicity Starnbrook. Move over Felicity, now she speaks to the trees too, Raven Eugenia. One pile of gloop, the color of pea soup, Damien Edgecrest. He's young at heart, but old everywhere else, Agent Whitaker. <laughs> Alrighty. Last time, our group reassessed their priorities, their stance on monster hunting. You guys met at the Maple Leaf Diner in Autumn Falls to just check in after a very harrowing and life-threatening experience facing down against the whispered Hugo's secret order. Most everyone has come to terms with this new life that they're living now. For some folks, it was another day on the job. And for others, it's inspiration to continue in this line of work. For Bethany Miller, it was the sign that she's going to do good in the world in a different way. And as her family is moving, the Millers escaped the realm of the supernatural into safety. But the rest of you took a road trip and went to Portland to the East Agency headquarters, the hub of supernatural detectives and secret agents that employs Lonnie Whitaker. Once you got there, after a awkward and strangely intense game of truth without any dares in the car. <laughs> agent Whitaker was quickly whisked away for a debriefing meeting with some other agents. But the rest of you were sent to the orientation video where you basically got the rundown of what the East Agency is uh, about and their mission to protect the world from dangerous supernatural threats, but also to work cooperatively with those supernatural creatures and people who are looking to make their way in the world. And once that video wrapped up, you were greeted by your escort, your tour liaison, Agent Max Spiegel, and his partner, Hillary Ross. The two of them had just introduced themselves in order to get you guys a walk around of the East Sea Agency. So we'll pick up there. Remind me the, the names of those two again. So the tall gentleman with sort of dusty blonde hair wearing a tan trench coat over the normal dark EC agency suit and with uh, some lightly tanned skin that maybe should only freckle, but apparently he's been in the sun a lot recently, is Mac Spiegel. And the woman with him, white, white hair, graying at the roots, 
and her her face done up in very intense gothic style makeup where she's actually like whited out her skin tone and then has like very dark lipstick and eyeshadow and things. She is dressed in the nicely fitted East Agency suit, but slung on her back is a large object, maybe a sword. It's wrapped up in a bunch of belts and cloth and other trappings on her back. Her name is Hillary Ross. She seems less enthused to give a tour to newbies as uh, Mac, who's <laughs> much more personable. Uh, so Mac, where is the first stop now that we've completed our orientation video? Well, let me ask you, are you hungry? Always. First stop then will be our uh, cafeteria mess. Come right this way. Don't even have to leave this area very much. So he takes you over to, and this is fun because I, I designed the agency building earlier today. Are we in ground level or did we elevate her up? So when you got here, you started at ground level and then went down to park in the underground garage. That's part of the facility. Then took an elevator up to ground floor again. And once you got past a blank room with like a security guard and a door that needed key card access that Lonnie got you all in with. And that opened up into the central hub, which is that white tiled room with a bunch of monitors and displays and the uh, reception desk where Susie sits and works and uh, a lot of agents and office workers just milling about doing their business. I think there was a creature. Big hairy boy trying to sign something. Right, 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 right. Yeah. There are, you know, creatures and strange folks about. So at the hub, towards the back, where this is a large glass window and a a raised section. So essentially you have the, the central hub area where people are just either getting on an elevator, going on a stairwell, finding a hallway to go through. And then one floor above that, although the whole room is like an open space design, so you can actually just see it, is a seating area with a small viewable kitchen area and like a bar and a drinks area and things. And there are people up there typing away on laptops and talking at tables and discussing things. It's essentially an airport (laughs) in terms of the like construction. So Mac leads you guys up there. He uh, touts the, the wonders of the Eastie Agency chefs and how they get their inspiration from the vibrant food scene here in Portland. And he says, menu's always changing, so uh, I can't tell you what's for food today, but have a look. Don't mind if I do. Is there someone already in line? Damien's just going to order like the carbon copy of whatever it is they want. It's get. kind of like bar seating around the actual like place where you place your order and, and the kitchen stuff. And there's an agent there sitting. He's got like a grilled cheese and like a black coffee. <laughs> he's like going on to town on. We have such a diverse and interesting menu. It's yeah. <laughs> grilled cheese, black coffee. Grilled cheese, black coffee. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's old grilled cheese, black coffee. There's <laughs> a smith over there. You, you would know who this is, except you're not there. I'm not there. Both of you want to sit down at the uh, table or at the bar thing. Hello! A lady with very curly hair, kind of like yours, actually, Felicity, but she has hers, like, tied up, and it's dark brown. She's got a sharp nose and high cheekbones, very pointy facial features. But she comes over, she's got these like dangly earrings with little alien heads on the bottom of them. And she says, oh, hi, what can I get you? She kind of slams you, like slides you a menu. What's on the menu? It's various tapas. There's like a donut section on the menu that describes various donuts they import from some of the shops uh, in the area. And then like do a spin on or like turn into a savory dish by like slicing it in half and putting 
something between it, like a sandwich. I would like to get whatever your favorite donut is on this menu. Uh, make that two. <laughs> two Cap'n Crunchers coming right up. Cap'n uh, Crunch! <laughs> make that three. Three it is. And so she goes to the back. There's like a little fridge she opens up, takes out a tray, and brings you guys over three. They're vanilla frosted, but like when you bite into the donut, it's got a little bit of a maple flavor in the actual dough itself. And there are pieces of Captain Crunch on the top shoved into the frosting. This is the most delicious donut I've ever eaten in my entire life. <laughs> Thank you. You have she very says, good uh, taste. Wait five minutes. Maybe you'll find another one you like. That sounded ominous, but okay. <laughs> uh, she like points at the menu. She's like, did you see what else is on there? There's a donut that's not light and fluffy. It's like an old-fashioned donut with blue cheese and prosciutto on it. There's like a rainbow frosted donut that's supposed to have like a raspberry lemon glaze applied to it. There's crazy donuts. Can I get uh, this one, the abduction, the one that has the alien cookie on top? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Yeah, that's a good one too. She brings you that over. It's a dark chocolate cookie with mint icing on the top and like two chocolate chips for the eyes. <laughs> Thank you. Let me know if you want me to box anything. You guys are new, right? I haven't seen your faces around. Yes, I am new. Hello, my name is Felicity and you're going to be my new favorite person because you give me the donuts. Mac <laughs> leans on the counter. Betty here has been, uh, how long have you been at the agency? She says, eh, about five years now. I love it here. I mean, I knew when I moved that I was going to kind of a weird city. But honestly, it was a little boring at first. You know, it's not that crazy. And then, well, then I found out about this place. And it's been the greatest. Ross sits down next to the the guy eating the grilled cheese. And she says, are you going to finish your coffee, Lincoln? And he says, you can have it. And she takes the coffee and reaches for like a hot sauce bottle, unscrews it, and like... And then screws the cap back on, stirs a little bit with a spoon, and then like just is sipping on this hot sauced coffee. Damien is also going to grab the hot sauce. Okay. <laughs> pour some into his into his coffee as yep. as you do. So uh Raven, I know we all got the same donut, but we're not doing that, are we? Oh god no. <laughs> oh thank okay. I thought this was gonna be a thing again, and I was like, no, <laughs> thank you. Raven will order just a plain black coffee, and I feel like if Damien starts putting, like, too much hot sauce, she's just gonna, like, put her hand on his of, like, no. <laughs> you need to stop. Like, a couple dashes. <laughs> we know you're gonna have to regurgitate this or whatever later. Just don't. Right. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Don't waste their hot sauce. <laughs> don't hurt yourself either. Agent Ross is just, she doesn't seem phased by it at all. She's just sipping away. Is that good? A- you lady? You can call me Ross. And no. And she just takes another sip. Um. The power she has. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I want to ask why, but I also don't at all. Good. And she downs the rest of the coffee and then stands up. Can we get going, Mac? And he's like, as you are, partner. Let's get those uh, things wrapped up. Sorry about you two. Aiden and Hugo are still kind of looking at the menu because they didn't want donuts, but they weren't sure what to get. They're like, oh, that's fine. No, that's okay. Hugo just shrugs. (laughs) It's like, whatever, we could eat later. Hugo seems very much like a we-have-food-at-home kind of guy. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. (laughs) 
obviously free Wi-Fi can come here and work on your current case assignments, do a little research, you know, bounce some ideas around between your fellow uh, agents. You know, we like to encourage cooperation and sharing so that we can get things solved as, as quickly and as painlessly as possible. Uh, speaking of cooperation, because, you know, obviously we all want to work together as effectively as possible. I know Olivia Easy is the director. Are there multiple directors or is like she just in charge of everything you report to her? Or are there other people that are important to bow my head to, if you will? Well, there's the senior agents. Olivia is technically, she's on a board. So I don't know a lot about the company politics. I try and just keep my head to the grindstone. But uh, yeah, uh, no, she's not like calls all the shots or, or, or whatever. It's, it's usually, they have a lot of meetings up on the top floor to discuss direction and uh, strategies for the agency nationwide. Do the other members of the board end up hanging out around here, getting donuts, or are they sort of, you know, boardroom only? He smiles. He says, I see you worked corporate before. Yeah, no, they have people to bring them their lunch. Good to know. Thank you. But y'all are here to basically show us what you can do, right? So why don't we head on over? We'll get you guys over to the lab, get you introduced to some of our researchers, and then we'll maybe uh, check out the testing facility and firing range, see what y'all have. You're going to test me? Yeah, little lady. That's kind of the point when we have a prospective new agent. We want to see what you can do, and then uh, that way we assign cases to you that match your talents. And Ross has started going down the stairs, but turns and looks back. She's like, it's so you don't die. <laughs> oh, yeah, appreciate that. One <laughs> of us has already done that one time already. We would not like to have a rerun of that one. That was not mm. fun. Mac, the boardroom, that's, I assume, probably like the top floor. You know, we, we were not going to go there in the tour, obviously. But I just assume that's up top and we'll just be hanging around where, you know, most of the agents are, right? Well, yeah, generally. I mean, there's nothing to see up there, really. I can show you the table. It's a nice table. If you're curious later, we can go check it out. Aiden walks ahead and addresses Ross. She says, I'm sorry if we're cutting into your workday. I'm sure your partner could just take us around if you wanted to get back to something. Ross gives her a glare and holds her hand up to her head for a second and then says, it's fine. Let's just get it over with and continues to lead the way. She takes you over to a set of elevator doors. There are some that just have floor buttons on them. And then one that has a little key card access panel on it. Ross takes out her lanyard and scans it and waits a few minutes while you guys are all getting there and the elevator doors open. There's only one button on this elevator and she hits it and you guys go up. As you go, you can see outside, get like a quick view of the city and then interior elevator shaft again. The door is open and you are in front of the research lab. There are signs that say infirmary pointing down the hall. And there are the glass doors, which Damien, you recognize. This is where they did all the tests on you. Oh, this, this room's great. And coming out of those doors is Elizabeth Vines, the chief scientist. And she sees the group of you. Would she recognize you, Damien? Or do you have a different face today? Uh, no, time? Damien has grown long hair, long white hair in the elevator. Matt Ross uh-huh. is also wearing a trench coat. So she doesn't recognize Damien, but Damien immediately recognizes her. Agent Vine, it's been so long. And he's just going to goop face real quick and then make it go back to normal. 
you're not paying attention to this, but like Ross notices you changing your hair to look like hers and pulling on a trench coat out of nowhere. And so as you like go in over to talk to Vines, she looks at Mac and he just kind of shrugs good naturedly, but she's like, he's weird. Vines sees you, is confused for a second. Then as soon as she sees the goof, she's like, Damien, welcome back. Welcome back. Yes. Oh, I have to tell you. Everything we learned after testing your, I don't know what to call it, ectoplasm, everything we have learned so far has been invaluable. I really must say, thank you so much for allowing us to do all those tests last time you were here. No, no, thank thank you for doing all those (laughs) tests. I I can't thank you guys enough. I've really had my eyes open to just a lot of scientific processes and, and lab tests that I didn't know existed. She nods. Yeah, I remember this. And then looks to the rest of you all. <laughs> Hello, welcome. Uh, I'm Elizabeth Vines. You can call me Lizzie if you'd like. And shakes your hands, greets you and everything. She says to Mac, so these are the new people that Whitaker brought in today? And he nods and he says, thought I'd ask if you wanted to set up anything special in the training area before we take them down and let them put on a show. And she thinks for a second, mm, if I might ask, what are all of your talents? Felicity's going to turn off the gravity. You're going to use magic? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Give me a roll. I need to know, does Felicity say anything before she does it? She'll just be like, this is what I can do. Um, find out if anything actually it. happens. Seven. <laughs> so yes. <laughs> you pick a glitch, though. I'll say it only happens for a short amount of time. The effect is of a short duration. So very briefly, you reach out to your magic, and you start to float in the air a little bit. And finds, her eyes go wide, she's very excited, and starts looking around you, puts her hand in the air, and it rises. Interesting. Then she, like, pulls it away, and then, like, lets it go limp, and it continues to float there and drift around. Fascinating. Come on in, the anti-gravity is fine. And then you, drop down on the ground. (laughs) Aiden says, I'm a healer, I can fix wounds. Hugo, I don't think he would say anything. <laughs> oh, there you are. Here. Hugo, you're back. What do you say? I- I'm just a museum technician. <laughs> Which is its own special type of magic. Yeah. We all just nod. Preserving <laughs> history. <laughs> yeah, and then Vines looks at you, Raven. Um, I, I imagine that Raven has had her little pet with her this whole time. Wendy is around. I like to think that Wendy rides in her hood probably glamoured so she just looks like she has like bulky hood on so she just reaches back and like pulls Wendy into her arms and she's like I have this friend and I think I can make more pets Wendy like hoping it'll de-glamour it won't unless you ask it to Wendy like it's okay she can see you and is still looking at Agent Vines like hey, come on Wendy doesn't right away it's still like looking, a little shy. her looking at Mac glancing around that pause is just a little bit longer than you'd like. Agent Vines is like, okay, well maybe <sighs> Wendy unglamors and pops off your hand. Those little wind steps onto the floor. Does its little hop yeah. and then approaches Vines on all fours and then stands up on its hind legs and like offers its pog to her. <laughs> How cute. Right. Pleasure to meet you too. <laughs> Shakes his hand. The Raven will just pat her leg to call Wendy back and put it up yep. on her shoulder again. <laughs> A summoner. I don't know how since you've had one of those. Very well. Yes, uh, Mac and Ross, could you lead them down to the uh, testing range and I'll get on the intercom. Sounds good. Come on, folks. 
let's let you flex a little. And so they uh, take you down the hallway. You go past the infirmary. It looks very clean and pristine. There's no one in there at the moment. And you get to a set of stairs, which this time go down a couple flights. And when Mac opens the door to the next room you guys are going into, it is set up like a firing range, but it's basically just a big concrete open area. You can see there's some windows up at the top that go into the lab. Liz waves at you from up there, and you hear her voice come over the intercom. Feel free to cut loose. This is a very secure and safe area for most anything to go off. And Ross takes a position near the door and just leans there, looking disinterested. This is where you guys will be displaying any talent you want to show off. But we're going to pick up with Agent Whitaker as you walk into a meeting where Olivia Eastie is addressing some of the senior agents. He does freeze a bit on seeing Olivia Eastie. He's a trained agent. He keeps it as subtle as he can, yep. but he is just like eyes on her, like <laughs> swallowing a panic attack. She pauses in her discussion. Ah, Agent Whitaker. Glad you could join us. Please have a seat. And then goes back to like giving her talk. And she's basically just describing various sting operations that the agents have been on. They're trying to follow this like trend of robberies that's been happening recently in the city. And so you get a few bits of information about that. But the other agents, when they see you, give you like either a good natured nod or some don't pay attention. They're focused in on this. They've got like a case that's ongoing. So they're much more interested in any information that she can provide. And uh, the meeting goes on for another like 15 minutes or so. And then she says, and another news, Agent Whitaker has brought some newcomers into the agency today. Would you care to speak on them? Uh, yes. Uh, I've been stationed at Autumn Falls and I've been receiving a lot of help from some of the locals up there who are also privy to the going-ons in a supernatural world. And some of them have been showing magical prowess of their own and have been invaluable in keeping me alive and also keeping the people of Autumn Falls safe. So I was very much hoping they could get lay of the land here and perhaps um, consider joining the agency themselves. Does she want me to speak more like who they are specifically? She doesn't prompt that question, but another one of the agents does. Connor Lang, your my buddy boy, from, my boy from Connor. Combat Tactics. He says, do you have any idea the scale of what you're bringing in? Are we talking like alpha level threat or like maybe a gamma? Gonna be honest, I do not know and I don't think they know either. And that's one of the reasons I'm bringing them, them in here today. We've got um, Raven Eugenia, who is writer on uh, everyone's favorite blog. Thought she might have a thing or two to say. And apparently she's been manifesting some low level magic abilities, nothing nothing too fancy, nothing too powerful yet. But um, the real kicker is Felicity Starnbrook, who's a bit of a firecracker. And we're not sure what her deal is, but she's been stopping time and causing a few uh, kinetic explosions. And well, we're, we're getting her under wraps. All the agents start murmuring when you mention stopping time and unknown magic. And Marissa Ramos, one of the twins who are the magic consultants on this like panel of more senior agents, speaks up. She says, how long has this person been manifesting these abilities? Apparently only, she's only been doing magic until a couple of, yeah, a few months ago when I first met her. 
but um, she's been seeing, she, she's, she can see through the veil, apparently, all her life. She gives a look at her brother. They both take some notes on a little notepad they're sharing. Gimmer, who is the goblin friend of Connor, sitting at the table, says, I'm looking at the docket. It says here you have uh, two individuals listed, their powers unknown, this Aiden Brightwood and a Hugo uh, Richard. Mr. Rashad. Right, got it. Yeah, I've let them come in. They, they've kind of got their own, um, hopefully we'd be doing some alliances with them and their people if they're not thinking of joining the agency itself. Their specific power sets, you know, I've never really been one for uh, analyzing magics. So another reason they're here. Marisha mutters something under her breath. You don't catch it, but they seem to agree <laughs> with that statement. Thinking they might. <laughs> uh, and Olivia says, well, if I'm not mistaken, we'll be getting some levels tested on them today. I've put agents Spiegel and Ross to be their guides through the agency. I'm sure Vines will come up with something to test them all with. Sounds good enough to me. And she claps her hands. She says, well, agents, you'll have projects and assignments to work on. Continue doing good work. Thank you for your time. And she goes to like collect her things and they all start to pack up their supplies and wander off to their various offices. Connor stops before leaving and he says, give it to me straight. Could we take him? Not Felicity. And Gimmer, they don't glare at you, but they give you a pensive look and then look over at Connor and he says, yeah, okay. Countermeasures, we'll be working on that this afternoon. And so they, like, they go... Like, uh, <laughs> yes, I, I will say, I'd like to see you try Hugo. Oh, yeah? You got some fight in him? Sure does. He's got, yeah, screamer sticks. Oh, you might uh, find that a little fun. All right, yeah. Send him down to the gym. And so they head off. Marissa gets up to leave also, and her brother Tomas walks by you on his way out, and he says... Ever the magnet, Whitaker, and pats you on the back. I don't try to be. <laughs> <laughs> Marissa gives you a look over the shoulder. She's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Keeps going. Oh, I love them. You get a text on your phone from Prithi, who is not in this meeting, but they have heard that you're back. And it says, I better see you this time. I'm in requisitions all day. I'll, I'll come by later. And now it's just you and Olivia. You know, she's just collecting her things. She's cleaning the whiteboard. One sec. Give me one sec. I'm going to look at the things you can do in a situation. I'd like to read a bad situation. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to read what I think is a very bad situation. Okay. All right. Plus two. I leveled up my sharp. That's a seven. Read a bad situation. Oh, these are not as specific as I was hoping. Oh, you know what it should have been? It sh can I, can I re rewind and say investigate a mystery? Because that yeah. has more to do with... That's fine. Investigate a mystery. And I'd like to ask, I can hold one. What sort of creature is it? In the sense that, like, I'm looking at Olivia looking ah. for, like, some hint of something that I would not have noticed before. Gosh, what would... If anything. Know? It could be nothing. You note something about Olivia which you always took to just mean that she was a woman of fashion, is that she has like a silk scarf on uh, mm. that's always tucked under her collar of her Eastie Agency suit attire. And yeah, like thinking back to like, because now you're in the room with her, you're like running through every interaction you've ever had with her. And you're like, ah! And you realize that most times you've dealt with her, she's either been here at the agency 
and you see that like even in this room the blinds are drawn or when it's like been outside she's had her dark sunglasses and usually some kind of umbrella so some red flags are definitely being raised but she says to you as you're like awkwardly sitting there like tapping your pen or like fidgeting with your briefcase i saw that your uh living situation was a bit challenging last week or so yeah um bit of a scuffle happened that i didn't really get full explanation on uh yeah i'll probably um just staring at her <laughs> i'll probably need a, a new trailer at some point i'm sure we can get you set up uh, do you like it autumn falls we could perhaps get you some sort of uh, apartment sorry what'd you say do you like it there in autumn falls oh um oh yeah yeah it, it's a lovely little place uh, very quiet well up until recently very quiet yes sort of sent you there in the thick of it at the uh, murder case we originally sent you to investigate yeah it's really um really escalated since then but um you know it's nice i like being stationed there do you have high hopes for your recruits one second i'm getting mad at me after chat i did not say hugo was magical i said we're here to discuss connections with his organization and that he had a scream of sticks that doesn't mean <laughs> shit that could be anything it's fine yeah <laughs> no now i'm going back to my head did i say he was magical i'm sorry hugo i heard absolutely nothing hugo's not there hugo's a museum curator on the basement first floor she uh, comes over yeah. and like sits down are you all right whitaker seem a bit distracted tired i would say i know it's a well, long drive but if you need to retire there are the in-house rooms for that sort of thing oh yeah um yeah just uh right pretty tired yeah i better go actually i might um gotta make sure my group of uh, chaos chasers aren't making a mess anywhere do you mind if i come aren't you busy well agency business new agents are my business i i suppose you're right yeah um sure sure okay it's his stuff and starts going Again, outwardly, she's acting mm-hmm. the way she always has around you. Um, Which is more suspicious. <laughs> but as you guys head out of boardroom A, or whatever we'll call it, the rest of you down in the training facility, what do you do to show off your abilities to vines? Damien is going to turn into a fly and then fly up through the glass and then like morph to a person to stand next to vine so she can also <laughs> watch everybody else which she doesn't see from where she is because again it's a pretty big room so she just sees you like and you're gone and she's like that's new and then a little fly like phases through the glass and davian she's like ah! <laughs> like throws some papers <laughs> Um, no, you had like the best seat in the house. I wanted to to watch from here too. Okay. And she's gathering her stuff up, and she says, "Right, doesn't matter who goes first. Just uh, somebody." She hits like a button, and some targets move forward on some rails. Felicity would like to use magic. Um, I was gonna say Raven just like gestures for Felicity to go first. Like, <laughs> how about it? I am so itching to go, and she's going to. I don't think she cares how she does it, because she's never really... She just thinks things and they happen, so she's going to destroy one of the targets, and she doesn't know how yet. 
That's the thing about Felicity. She doesn't know what she's she doing. She doesn't know <laughs> anything. Okay. So go ahead and use magic. Seven again. Pick your glitch. My glitch will be... I'll take a harm. That'd be a fun one. So you reach out with your arms towards one of the targets. And you just center yourself. You draw on that wellspring of magic that you've lately been able to reach into. And you get another vision. It's more quick flashes. You see trees on a coastline and some birds flying. And you see rain and thunder flash. And you see uh, a sword thrown and landing into stone. You see another flash of a, a massive hand reaching down, a figure towering over you. And you get the splitting headache instantly and sink to your knees as you get these flashes. And the target, which you still have your hand outstretched for, it's almost like your arm locks up in that position. The target that your like hand is most directed at it is crushed into like the size of a paperweight. These are just like, human-sized cardboard cutouts but they're on like a metal frame and that whole thing just like is now absolutely condensed okay felicity's gonna rub her forehead everyone else you you see felicity on her knees eventually her hand lowers everyone just roll me a sharp roll raven got a seven Oof. not good for you damien Nope, that's a big old fail. Damon was taking notes, though. Not anything valuable. But. Yeah, that's true. You're <laughs> kind of far. You're kind of far away at this point. Makes sense that you wouldn't see anything. Raven, you don't notice it at first, but you do see Aiden goes over to Agent Ross, who is also on the ground. She's not out, but she's also holding her head, and that object on her back is coming with this light inside of it. You see it peeking out of the bindings and wrappings on it, and. Uh, Mac steps forward, puts his hand out to like stop Aiden from going over to her. And so she throws her hands up like, oh, okay. And he goes over and starts talking to Ross in like a hushed tone, trying to comfort her because she's breathing heavy. <sighs> I can't, I can't do this. Vines comes on over the microphone and is like, okay, everyone <laughs> all right down there? Yeah, uh, ta-da. Yeah, <laughs> you say that as like your nose is bleeding. <laughs> Felicity, you did great! Uh, thanks. I went, does anyone have any, like, ibuprofen? Or... Aiden, because Mac is dealing with Agent Ross, she comes over to you and she says, Good time as any, I guess. And her hand glows a little golden. She's going to use her healing ability on you, Felicity. Beautiful. Felicity, when Aiden puts this golden hand on your shoulder and then presses it to your, your forehead... The headache goes away, but you get another vision. The visions you've been seeing never really stopped, but now it, they clarify and stop going at such a, like, changing the channel at a rapid pace yeah. kind of way. And it just freezes on a view of a cliff face where there are two figures in, like, simple linen dresses ahead of you. And then <sighs> vision's gone. They've stopped entirely. Aiden pulls her hands away from you really quickly, and you see a little bit of blood trickle out of her nose. She just wipes it away quickly. That was a weird one. Teamwork, I guess, right? Yeah. She's just, like, seeing the ruined test dummy over there. Like, I wonder if I could do that to a person. Let's not test that. You've made an impression enough already, I think. And she, like, takes your hand and leads you away from the area where people are supposed to shoot. Vines gets on the intercom. Miss, uh, Eugenia? Raven will take a deep sigh and step up. <laughs> there are still two targets, 
But again, this is a pretty open area. There's some training mats. There's not a lot on the walls. It's concrete for a ways and then it becomes padded, which you imagine is just on top of the concrete for like sound reduction. I feel like first thing when she steps up, Windy is going to see the targets and get excited and mm-hmm. shoot one of them <laughs> from her shoulder, um, which doesn't really say anything for Raiden's abilities, but I think she'll, she'll let Windy do it. She can see Windy like really excitedly wanting to shoot the target. <laughs> okay. She's like, all um, right, you first, go ahead. So Windy, from your shoulder pulls on one of its little ornaments dangling from its antler to stretch it taut and then takes a quill from its back and let's fly a couple quills. They all make a nice little clustered pattern on the one target. And then it hops off your shoulder, lets go of the string, and you feel a breeze kick up around it as it gets down on all fours. And then the quills in the target fly back and insert back into Wendy's furry little bunny back. What well, new? Cool. Um, and it just wanders around <laughs> waiting for instruction. <laughs> She'll kind of watch Wendy for a segment. All right, you can walk around. <laughs> and, Probably step uh, back anyway. Vine says, "What do you call that creature?" I think it's a wind spirit. I've, I've nicknamed it Wendy. Okay, it seems to be okay with that. <laughs> we don't know like... much else about it. <laughs> I summoned it accidentally. Damien, Vines presses a button next to the microphone she's been speaking into, looks over at you, and she says, I didn't think they'd be this green. They're good, right? They're okay? They're fine, but, I mean, none of us are professionals. So this is this is just going to be amateur hour and testing stuff out. Okay. Uh, just question. I mean, I assume that Mac and Hillary can handle themselves, right? Yes, they're very accomplished agents. Good. Then they're fine. Yeah, everyone's safe down there. <laughs> okay. She, she realizes what you're getting at. Oh, uh, from what I can tell, they'll be okay. So she turns the button back on, calls down to your raven. She says, uh, is that the extent of your abilities then? This friend of yours? I mean, I guess. Punch the dummy! <laughs> <laughs> you hear, like, like, please, David. <laughs> like, wrestling the mic in my face. I, the player, am really debating if she wants to try to summon something else or if she wants to wait. I'm really torn because this seems like a safe place to test it out. But story-wise, I've been waiting to just do it in the midst of chaos and see what happens. So I'm like, react as Raven in this situation. If she's thinking, "Eh, I don't really want to, then she wouldn't. Yeah, I think she's. She recognized that that Hugo hasn't like said everything and so i think she's gonna be like yeah that's kind of it just that <laughs> thank you <laughs> yep. like awkwardly steps back and at this point vines says okay well i think we'll uh and there's some static on the microphone and it does that like whine again and you think like oh damien maybe tried to take the mic away but hugo can you read a bad situation for me not well but we'll see what happens <laughs> You can third try. I'm, I'm having you do it because you have not been like engaged in the show off my powers bit. So you're sort of just still on observation mode. Got a seven. Tis a mix. What's your hold you're going to use? Uh, do, 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 do. Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? You've been watching your friends and keeping an eye on them, but loosely because you figure of everyone here, you're one of the more familiar folks with what they can do. So while they're showing off, you take the time to really 
take in what this room and this facility and its relative location as you like map out the East organization in your head, at least this one building anyway. And as you're looking up the window, you kind of look above that to the fluorescent lights that are illuminating this area. And you see a couple of them are flickering. And at first you think they need to replace those, but more of them start to flicker. And as that distortion of the microphone intercom happens again, they all start to pulse and then come back on again. And you hear Vines up with Damien, and you can see this Damien. She backs away a little bit from the console as the lights and the buttons on it start to flash in patterns without being pressed at all. She like comes back over to the mic and she says, Sorry, I, I think we're having a bit of technical difficulty. And Damien, you watch as sparks and static and electricity starts to arc across the control panel. It shoots up the microphone and hits Vines and knocks her back. And you guys down in the training area, you see the lights again go out and come back on, go out, come back on. One of them bursts and you see Max stands up. He's like, whoa, hey, Vines, what's going on up there? And that same radio intercom starts up and you hear, Greetings, everyone. It's been a while. And Whitaker, you and Olivia have just gotten into the elevator up on the top floor and the doors have like closed. And as it's descending, you also hear the like flicker, 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 and then emergency stop, elevator trapped. Aiden is now looking around as the lights in this place either go out completely or burst. And so glass and sparks are raining down. Some of the technicians in the lab are like running over. One of them goes to pick up vines and help her to her feet. She's rubbing her chest where she got zapped. I'm fine. I'm fine. What's going on? And she looks over at you, Damien. Do you want to read that situation? What's the biggest threat? You see these two lab techs who are helping vines to her feet. You see a glow starting to form in their pocket. It doesn't look like a good type of glow. Like, that's not supposed to happen. Uh, in their lab coat pockets? Yes. One is in, like, the breast, and the other is on the... It's like a side pocket. They're not really paying attention to this. They're just helping Vines up and, like, getting her steady. Uh, that's a shiny thing, and Damien doesn't have one. So I'm going to ask uh, another question, but then Damien is going to try to take one of those cool things. What is most vulnerable to me? You see these glowing things start to crackle and spark, and the two lab techs look down. They notice this now. They're like, ah, what? And they, like, take out their phones, which are now, like, also the screens are, like, all staticking and glitching out, and they seem to be, like, crackling and sparking. Oh, cool. Uh, Damien gets out one of his burner phones, which I also <laughs> assume starts sparking, too. Uh, it is, yeah. As soon as, like, as you take it out. It's not when you reach for it from your pocket dimension, but as soon as you take it out, it starts to... Uh, okay, back in the pocket dimension. Uh, no, 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 they, they both <laughs> have it out. Damien would keep it out. He'd be holding it there like, we've got firecrackers in our hands. They're like sparklers. He's going to start like signing his name in the air. Well, you go to do that, and the phone lets out a jolt of electricity, which zapped the two lab techs. Vines sees this happening and like, shrugs out of their holding on to her. She kind of lets them holding her allow her to slip out of her lab coat and she tucks and rolls and ducks under the uh, panel where she was talking to everyone else down in the training area and this arc 
shoots around the room and hits every other lab tech in here by flying from phone to phone or like Apple Watch or, you know, any electronic device someone has on their body. This is drawn to it. It totally hits you. Uh, you take you take two harm. <laughs> okay. I'm immortal, so I'll just take the one. Your hand is all tingly. And again, the lights in the lab are also now flickering and either half on or pulsing weirdly. Down in the training area, Aiden has gone back to back with Hugo. What do you think it is? Whatever it is, it's not good. She uh, looks over to Ross and Mac, who uh, are now both standing. Ross is glaring between Felicity and Aiden. You see in this dark room, there's a, a bit of a glow to her white, white skin. And Mac quickly reaches into his pocket. He sees his phone, like, spark, spark, sparking. So he, like, throws it. And then it lets off a burst of electricity down there. I suppose I should have all of you read a bad situation because you all have technology on you. Everyone give me a cool roll to see if you are cool enough to toss your phone away. Whitaker, too? <laughs> yeah, it's happening everywhere, so cool. go for it. Eight. Raven got a nine. Okay. Which is surprising. Eleven for Mr. <laughs> Whitaker. Solid nine. I'm gonna let Aiden try to protect everybody. As Aww, that's as sweet of her. Okay, well. Well, she tried. <laughs> she tried. She has a plus two to her tough. So that makes it an eight. You protect them okay, but you suffer some or all the harm they were going to get. As this, like, sparking is going on, she throws her hands out and that gold aura that she can emanate starts to glow from within her. And rather than the electricity blowing up randomly, it starts to draw towards her. And so your phones don't explode. The energy from them is and starts striking her. She takes it, she feels it. But when it's over and the room is dark, aside from Mac pulling out a flashlight, he quickly shines it on her and you just see her like jacket is smoking a little bit, but she's standing and doesn't seem unstable or anything. <laughs> Ow. Mac lowers the flashlight so it's not in her face and he just goes, Healer, huh? It's quiet now in the room, except for like a buzz that's sort of just constant coming over the uh, intercom. And it's just like the sound of like low volume static. <laughs> Damien's going to pull out another cell phone just to see if they're still exploding. Because everyone else was holding their phones, Damien would have, like, held it out, like, until it exploded in his hand. So he just, like, yeah. pulls out an extra burner. This one doesn't seem to spark or anything. Huh. And then if it doesn't go off, he's going to call Whitaker. Well, we didn't resolve what your 11 meant, but as your phone is sparking like that, what's the cool thing you do to keep it from zapping you and Olivia? Is there an emergency exit on the roof? Because uh, I want to just... <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, that is what Whitaker does. Just chucks it straight through the hole, closes it, waits. Uh, the, the little like light bulb thing in the, in the sides of the elevator, they don't explode, but they cut out. Um, oh, is it just pitch black in here? It is pitch black. Oh, I'm going to shit myself in real life. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, everyone. <laughs> I've got a spooky we're, adventure for y'all. <laughs> we're playing Emery's Claustrophobia Nightmare. <laughs> no. But there's plenty of room in an elevator, and you only have to share it with one other vampire. With one? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's cold. 
it's dark. Five cubic feet of space, and I'm sharing it with my new favorite villain. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Winter. There has to be at least one emergency light or like glow in the dark, like As, button or yeah, something. That's a good point, Raven. The buttons do glow. They've got a little ring around them that has a glow in the dark feature. And Olivia takes out her phone, which wasn't sparking, and she hits a few buttons on it and then pulls up something. Uh, you see it illuminating her face. And she says, uh, I know I should have got lead cases for all the agents. What is your ringtone, Whitaker? It's uh, the James Bond theme. <laughs> <laughs> you hear a slightly pitchy, digitized version of that playing from above you on the elevator. Great the version of it. to get out of here. <laughs> I'm gonna open it back up. Yeah, you like parkour yourself onto those little handrails so you can actually like reach the top again. When you lift open the little hatch, you see your phone is just on there and it's ringing with an unknown number on it. Yeah, all right. He's going to park himself up there, just sort of feet dangling below and uh, answer it. Hi, it's Damien. How are you? <laughs> Damien, is this your fault? Nope, not this time. You hear oh, some that's... coughing in the background, uh, Whitaker? <laughs> They're fine. And Vines crawls out from under the exploded panel, and she is crawling over to go inspect the other uh, lab techs who all seem to have been, like, shocked unconscious. My God, is everyone okay? Yeah, yeah, uh, Vine's fine. I can't see the others. There's, yeah, I think they're fine. I mean, just Is like the whole facility. Sparking, exploding cell phones. You hear Olivia from below. She says, it's the whole facility. Uh, sounds like the training room got hit too in the labs. You see her furiously typing on her phone once she hears that. So, so, so what happened? Sparking phones? We just got some, um... Yeah, everything that was electronic basically became a bad guy. Yikes. Could you come get me? <laughs> we're, um, we're in the elevator. Me and uh, Director Eastie are a bit trapped right now. We could use a, uh, a hand out of here. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm a little lost, but uh, I, well, oh, oh, get, get, um, they said Spiegel and Ross were with you. I, can, they I okay? can fly through walls. I can find the elevators. See you in a bit. Click. I love oh, Damien's upbeat in a horror movie attitude <laughs> oh god all right help is on the way i hope Olivia, it may take a while from the tone of your voice i think perhaps we should try and find our own escape well we've um we've got the emergency i don't know how elevators work if you wanted i mean you could try climbing on the cables to like get up the shaft which is dangerous you could also mm. try and pry the doors open the problem you know, is we're not, we're not you, stopped at a floor, are we? Why don't you we're, read a bad situation? Let's read a bad situation. Let's Since you are in down. one. That's a 12. All right, um, read a bad situation. What's my best way out? So you can see that fortunately, the elevator has stopped between floors. So if you were to either from atop the elevator where you're kind of sitting with your legs dangling down the <laughs> little hole uh, <laughs> in the roof, you could try and force the doors open from up top, or you could go down inside the elevator and try and force those open to get yourself onto uh, a I floor. I guess, yeah, if we're between floors, that would mean if, we, if I go back in, I would have to do the elevator doors and then another set of doors. Correct, yeah. So let's do, Whitaker's going to try and reach the ones above. He's going to stay on top of the elevator box and see if he can reach the okay. next floor up. 
Olivia calls up to. What does it look like? Do you need a hand? I'm going to try and get the doors on um, on uh, the next floor up. I might need a hand, depending on how uh, much they want to stay closed. Give me one second. And he's just going to try on his own to pry them open. Uh, I don't know what you roll for that. I don't think you roll for that. Probably act under pressure since you're... Oh, that's right. Trapped that in an elevator. <laughs> that is something you can roll. That's a seven. A worse outcome, a hard choice, or a price to pay from me. The hard choice you're going to have to make is that you cannot budge these on your own. Maybe you and Olivia could do it together, but you'd have to ask her for help. Uh, Whitaker is going to peek back down. Uh, Director Eastie, we can get a hold of the doors for the next floor up, but it's um, they're not budging on their own. Do you think you could give me a hand? What she has pulled up on her phone looks to be building blueprints, and she says, yes, uh, one moment. Puts her phone back in her pocket, climbs up. She, like, offers her hand up, like, give me a boost, like, pull her up on top. Yeah, pulls her up. Is she cold? Yeah, which if you, like, flinch at that at all... Apologies. Bad circulation. Uh, (laughs) And uh, yeah, but once she gets up there, she takes off one of her shoes and uses the heel of it to jam between the doors and then gives you a shoe. And she's like, better with leverage. And the two of you manage to like pull the doors open and crawl your way out into the hallway. And again, this happened just as you were getting in the elevator. So you only really went down a floor or two. But we'll get back to you in a second. Everyone else, you are all down in the training area. Damien, obviously, you're up in the lab, but you're nearby. Ross has opened the door to get back into the hallway where that stairwell was. And she's checking corners before she proceeds anywhere. She then leaves and heads up the stairs. Mac will come over to Felicity. And he says, we're going to have to find out what's going on. Whether it was a power shortage or whatever the heck that voice is. Y'all better stick close to me. Okay, I just would like to clear something up very quickly first, because I know that I have made mistakes in my past, and I've broken many, many things. Even though you guys just watched me crush a dummy with my mind, I can promise you that this was not me. Mm-hmm. I would it's, be it's... real proud of it if it was, so you better believe I would say that it was me, but it was not me. I think we'd know if it was you. But, hey, I'm glad you're on our side. You see him shoot a glance down at that crushed training dummy, and then he proceeds to head towards the door also. Windy, during all this, was darting around the room, trying to, like, find an exit, aside from the door you came in and didn't find one. They now have calmed down a little bit. They're still, like, breathing quickly. But they hop back up onto your shoulder, draw a quill, and are just watching your back out of the hood of your jacket. (laughs) She's going to try and, uh, like, reach back and pet Windy. It's okay. I think we're safe now. Thank you. It doesn't change its posture, but yeah. (laughs) You tried. You guys are in the EC agency and something bad has happened. I don't want to like keep directing you with the NPCs. Tell me, tell me what you guys do. Damien knows where he's going to go. He's going to the elevators. I think Damien probably has enough situational awareness to find his way to the elevators. From here, yeah, because you took an elevator to get to the lab. Are you going to wait for the group or no? Uh, no, finding finding Whitaker is important. The group's fine. They're with an agent. As you go to leave, though, Vines is helping prop up some of her unconscious co-workers. She's just either, like, leaning them or, like, putting a rolled-up jacket under their heads so they're not lying on the ground. And she says, Oh, Damien, wait! I've got to go get Whitaker. You want to come with me? 
I'd better stay here and see if I can figure out what's going on here. Right, I'd better go wander off on the EC agency all by myself. She she hands you a walkie-talkie and she says, keep in touch. Yeah, sounds good. Perfect. Uh, Damien pulls a flashlight out, walkie-talkie yep. on him. Agent Vines, this is Agent Edgecrest. Over. You hear yourself on the walkie-talkie on the table next to her because you haven't gone anywhere yet. I, I just like, had to make like sure it worked. Okay. As you walk towards this elevator, there's no one around. You see the button has the little glow-in-the-dark ring on it. The lights in the hallway are, some are on, some are alternating, flickering, some are completely burnt out. Damien's going to put his items away and turn into a bat to explore the elevator shaft. You stow all your things, step into the elevator, phasing through the door, and I think, <laughs> I think you do, and immediately start to plummet down the shaft. <laughs> And then phase into a bat and fly up the shaft. All right, yeah. The rest of you, what do you do? Ross and Mac are at the top of the stairs. They're checking the door before they open it to go back onto the floor of the lab. It's two flights, basically. You have training area, which is one basement. And then you have ground level, where the hub was, and then another flight. It'd be two flights of stairs, but the third third floor is where the lab is. Why doesn't uh, Raven... Read a bad situation for me. I rolled a nine. You should add your sharp, which is oh, pretty good. Oh, that's three. Which is pretty yeah. good on Raven. My sharp is three. That's a 12. Then you get to hold three. Are there any dangers we haven't noticed? It's not that you haven't noticed it. It's just that it's now become a thing you're constantly aware of, which is that static sound. It hasn't stopped since you like left the training area with that intercom. It's subtly following you, that sound of just like... Hmm. What's most vulnerable to me? Your friends. It's, it's, it's your friends. <laughs> They're here in this dark, scary agency. How like eager are you to follow the two agents? What order does everyone leave in? Raven's definitely hanging back. She's not the type to like leap into action first. Yeah. Felicity is um, on her way. <laughs> Felicity has gone on up ahead. Aiden, who has shaken the cloud of smoke out of her coat, is going a little slower up the stairs. And she is intently keeping an eye on Agent Ross and Felicity as Felicity like runs up to join him. I kind of want to ask what's my best way out, but I feel like if we're going up the stairs anyway, there isn't, like we could just leave. I, I can, I'll, I'll hang on to the last one. As you guys open the door, I guess Agent Spiegel does, he has his sidearm drawn now, and he peeks out into the hallway, gives a nod to Agent Ross. She quickly sidesteps around the doorframe and then dashes across to then post up. They're just sort of moving forward. When she peeks her head around the next way to like give him the all clear, you guys hear a and the lights, the ones that didn't blow out, turn back on. So the hallway gets illuminated now, and there's like a beat, and then you hear and lights now are ringing like a fire alarm, and you see Mac is just like, ah, hell. And you hear Olivia Eastie's recorded voice. Attention, all agents. This is a level five lockdown engage defense procedures and you start to see like the door that they've been holding open the lock on it automatically like chink goes out you see mac gives ross a look 
and she nods to him and dashes off down the hallway. And he says, I'm going to get you all out of here. Come on. And he goes an opposite way. I'll let you know this, Whitaker. You and Olivia are like crawling out of the elevator at this point when the alarm goes off after the lights come right back on. And she just frazzledly like runs her hand through her nicely done updo to like, it gets it all messy, but she's like, oh no. And you see the elevator doors have like a second layer of protection bullet doors that kind of like, <laughs> like slam behind them. At least we got out of there before that hit. Fuck. I would like everyone who is with Agent Mac to roll a act under pressure for me as he tries to lead you down this hallway. Nine! Seven. Hugo has taken his time. (laughs) Not in a rush, Hugo? Not in a rush. Okay, good to know. Raven? I rolled a six. Felicity, you got a nine, you said? Yes. As you guys are all running towards this door, Mac shoulder checks this door that swings open and the gray daylight of Portland streams through this door and you guys are all running down the hallway, running down the hallway and he, he kind of is like, come on, come on. And Felicity, you quickly hop out the door, but he turns back to the rest of the group and the door gets electrified for a second and and slams shut and latches. And Felicity, you're outside now with Mac and he's just like, shit. Aiden skids up against the door and, like, stops herself. Oh, no. Felicity! You can kind of hear her calling, but outside the building, you hear that same, like, alarm sound. So Raven, Hugo, and Aiden are stuck on one side. Mac and Felicity are on the other. I'm going to go up to the door, and I'm going to say, Hey, guys! Hello? Can you guys hear me? Knock twice if you can hear me. Agent Mac turns to you and he says, no time for that. Come on. And grabs your hand. And as he pulls you along, you see, Felicity, that there are these turrets that are raising from the lawn of the Eastie compound. It's oh, no. Good, it's not a good situation. <laughs> um, let, let me know when we get back to me. I have some, like, in-character, what the fuck does <laughs> a, a level five lockdown mean again? <laughs> Is this in the orientation? Raven's just at the door like, knock, knock. Knock, knock. Hmm. Knock, knock. Aiden is like, we gotta find We gotta go. Yeah, and so she turns around and heads back down that hallway towards the lab and the elevators. Raven follows really close. He does not want to get even more split up. We have to stick together. You guys see Agent Ross is at the elevators. That big object that was on her back is now floating in front of her, and it is a massive sword. Hands width wide, giant maybe inch and a half diameter handle on it. Looks pretty old. And she has this like ethereal bluish gray glow about her. And you see that the sword is moving back slowly and then slams into the doorway of the elevator. And you see she's just flicking and gesturing with her fingers as it pries the doors of the elevator apart. And, the, and I like- I also love Yasha from Critical Role. <laughs> She uh, looks over her shoulder and sees that you guys see her, and she's just like, okay, uh, orientation continues. Oh, I love her. Raven is just wide-eyed staring. Easty Agency, the land of powerful women. Oh, yeah, we, we stand a powerful lady.
Hello, adventurers. Speaking of powerful women, for this week's break, we're doing a special shout-out for one of our own. You know her as Raven, but the team behind the Storyteller Squad knows there's a whole lot more awesome stuff our friend Brittany does than play a spirit-summoning nerdy witch. For starters, she has her own pottery studio, and she's holding a sale on some of her latest work today. That's right, today, Friday, April 2nd. If you're listening to this episode in the future, and we get it, sometimes it's tough to catch an episode the day it comes out. But you can still check out and support her work and future sales if you follow at Ocean Blue Ceramic on Instagram or check out www.etsy.com slash shop slash Ocean Blue Ceramic. Take home something handmade by a cast member from your favorite podcast. Yeah, I said favorite. I'm not taking it back either. We're your favorite now. I'm afraid you'll just have to deal with it, adventurers. There's a whole EC agency full of powerful women to back me up on this one. So, we'll jump to you, Whitaker, as you and Olivia dust yourselves off. You are on the, not the top floor anymore. You're in the agent cubicle area where, like, you can go to just do paperwork and check your mail and stuff. There are a few people who are slumped over at their desks. There's a, someone who is near a, a cart of, like, filing papers that's also, like, collapsed on the ground. Um, oh, my God. Olivia, Aww. like, runs over to check them. Yeah, yeah. Whitaker, too. Uh, they alive? They, they're alive, but they are stunned and uh, not really responsive. Just to check, what does a level five lockdown mean? I, so, I would know this. You would know this. A level five lockdown means that there is something within the agency building that needs to be contained, should not be allowed to escape the premise of the, like, the building's premises. Generally, this refers to things in cold storage. You actually hear a lot of, because the power came on briefly, all the computers are turning back on. <laughs> Chorus. Yeah, just a chorus of a lot of computers and printers and things all like, like restarting. Oh boy. All right. Olivia kind of like lays the person's hand down that she was checking the pulse on like gently and turns back to you and calls over the din. We have to find out what's causing all this. I need to get to my crew. Listen, that's my first priority. I'm going to find, I'm going to find my people. And Whitaker's going to start finding a door that is not locked. Or a way back downstairs, I guess. You're going to have to act under pressure as you are now worried about the fate of your friends. That's a 10. You do what you set out to. You're looking for a door to get into and through the agency. To note, the like locking aspect of the uh, lockdown doesn't apply to spaces like boardrooms and like meeting cubicles and things. You see the glass windows in this area have all been shuttered by something. You can move throughout the agency. Obviously, you would need to so that the agents can stop whatever it is that has escaped. They just don't want it getting out. So it's really the interior of the agency is kind of free range as long as the like electronics of the doors and things are still working and operating. You just need to find whatever this is or disengage the lockdown so that you can all eventually leave the building again. Okay. Olivia says to you, we should stick together. I'm not sure how many of our agents were downed by whatever surge your friend described. Dare I suggest we could cover more ground if we split up? <laughs> she says, 
Fair enough. Well, good luck finding your friends. I'll uh, try to make it back up to my office, see if I can disengage the lockdown from there. That so would be at, extremely helpful. Yes. At least get a, a, a read on whatever it is. Thank you, Anders. Is that the Canadian singing that? Is he flying? No, I was making a call, but I like that too. Whitaker, I'm by the elevators and I I don't see you. As a bat flying up the elevator shaft, you basically popped out in the main hub area. Because, like, that's the elevator that you know to, like, fly out of. You could keep going up if you wanted to, but I would say that's probably the first spot where you, like, phase through and look around, like, where am I? In the big greeting area of the hub, the monitors are either down completely or they're back up to, like, a load screen of turning back on. and maybe like the EC agency logo rotating. Mm -hmm. You see several of the monitors at the reception desk where Susie is also knocked back in her chair are glitching and fritzing like they're full of more of this weird bug. Yeah, so uh, Damien's going to do the uh, calling Whitaker while he's grabbing any uh, ID badges or anything useful that Susie has. I mean, you can take her key card. It's just like her ID on a lanyard. Sweet. You hear a voice, Damien, as you're like leaning over the desk. My, my. Nothing on you in the database. No, wait. There it is. Mr. Edgecrest. And who do I have the pleasure of speaking to? And you see on one of the monitors, flicker, flicker, flicker. And then there is this silhouetted black and white guy who is lit from the back in like an old timey newsroom. I'm just the voice on the airwaves. But you. And you see the screen flickers again and it pulls up data that they took from you the last time you were here. You're a person of interest. Thank you. You're not supposed to be here. And then cuts out. I was invited. I don't know what he's talking about. (laughs) Yes. Oh, Damien. (laughs) What a champ. Yeah, yeah. so I guess after that, yeah, Damien would uh, call Whitaker to see where he's at. Oh, yeah, we go out. Oh, okay, good. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't see you by the elevator. Uh, there's, there's like some guy who I guess really likes me, which was pretty cool. That's, um, that's really good news, Damien. I don't think this is really the time or place for that, but, um, congratulations. Look, humans have like a bunch of really weird social rules that I try to pick up as I go, but there's so many. So I'm just gonna celebrate things when I can. And yeah, it was great. He, uh, apparently- Damien, I'm about to hang up if you don't give me something pertinent right now. Wow. I'm trying to describe the person who's taken over the electronics of your entire organization and you want to hang out. Wait, wait, back up, back up, back up. What? So the person- You could have led with that. Hey, 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 Agent Edgecrest, you could have led with that. Anyway, continue. Yeah, well, I'm not a special senior agent yet, so I'm just greenhorning it as I go, you know. Yeah, you really are. You guys get nothing done. You just continue to spit sass at each other for five minutes. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, so this guy like hopped on the the monitor and was all, oh, uh, you're not in the database. Let me, oh, yeah, you are, Damien Edgecrest. I'm going to pop up your stats. Like numbers mean something. I don't know. Anyway, ran my numbers. I didn't get a face or a name, just voice on the airwaves. 
voice on the airwaves. All right, so someone's hacked, hacked into the mainframe. Whitaker, behind you, one of the monitors does that same flickering thing, comes on, and that same backlit guy in front of the grayscale old-timey TV set says, Did I hear someone say my name? Hang on, I'm going to put you on hold. <laughs> <laughs> What's all this then? <laughs> that computer goes out, and another one in a different cubicle. Interesting. Lonnie Whitaker. Hmm. You've had a storied career since coming here, and an even longer one before that. What the hell do you want? The lights in here flicker, 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 go dark. A single screen lights up. I'm just trying to get the lay of the land. I haven't had a look at it in quite a while. Who are you? The voice on the airwaves. What are you... Is, is Olivia, Olivia Easty seeing this too? I haven't left the, the floor yet, I don't think. She had paused just before leaving in the doorway as you were on the phone. And so she's in the stairwell, but she mouths to you. Keep it talking. Are you looking for anything in particular? You hear... Eastie Agency, protecting you and yours at home. And it's like an old-sounding infomercial for the Eastie Agency that's playing. And then that, like, cuts out, and the voice comes back on a different monitor. Have you ever considered what it might be like to be stuck in a box? Well, you're out now. What's your plan? Down the row of cubicles, you see a figure step out of one of them, and he materializes upwards as the, like, first a shoe, and then pant legs, suit jacket, face. Except when it turns at you, the face is all static, bluish and glowing. And it just raises an arm and points at you, and then paces out and is gone. Uh, that's not good. That's not good at all. Olivia comes back over to you. I know you're worried about your friends. You should get down to cold storage and find out what they know about this. Sounds like a plan. If it's got access to everything in the Easty database, yeah, let's go. As you take a step past her, she's like, let's? You want me to come with you this time? It's not neither here nor there. I think I will. You've been a bit off, Whitaker. <laughs> and she, like, goes ahead of you to one of the stairwells, and you guys begin the descent from top of the building to way down the basement. <laughs> Oh, right, Damien's still on hold. <laughs> Damien, make sure everyone's okay. We've got something. When Damien was put on hold, he would have put Agent Whitaker on hold and then called the other members of the group if any one of them had working cell phones. All of their phones, they either left in the training. Well, it's up to you guys, but I don't think you would keep your phone after it tried to electrocute you. I feel like Raven would. <laughs> they seem fine now. Hugo loves electricity, so he still has it. Okay, fair enough. Raven would keep hers in her hand. She wouldn't like, put it in her pocket or anything. So if anything, mm-hmm. if she sees any sparks, she'll toss it. She has some hope she'll be able to like save it. And she left her laptop in the truck. I feel like I said she brought it with her on the car trip. But oh, she yeah. wouldn't have brought it into the agency. Well, Raven, Hugo, and Aiden, all three of you are at the other end of the hall. You would have to walk past the big glass sliding doors to the lab to get to where Agent Ross is, but like I said, she is can-openering this uh, elevator shaft with her giant ghostly sword. Raven's just watching in awe as she does that. What's Raven's ringtone? You know, I think Raven's ringtone is whatever the D 
default one is because she always has it on vibrator silent and never ever has it with the sound on. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's very boring, but I, I I believe that's that's what she has. <laughs> she doesn't realize it's her phone at first. <laughs> that was the thing where she looks around like, is someone gonna answer that? Oh god, yeah. it's me. Ada <laughs> just like gives you a look like Raven. <laughs> Hello? Hi, Raven. It's Damien. How are you? Just gonna point and be like, it's Damien. I'm I'm okay. Where are you? Um, well, I'm in sort of the main area. I was looking for Whitaker. He was by the elevators, but apparently not there anymore. Uh, he put me on hold, which I put him on hold, right? That's that's what we do. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so where, where are you guys? Are, are you safe? Stay away from electronics. There's a guy who can control monitors. We're downstairs. We're outside the lab. We're trying to get one of the elevators open. Felicity's locked outside with Mac. So the two of them got outside before the door is locked. So they're out there. It's just me, Aiden, Hugo, and... Agent Ross, just, you know. Well, that sounds fun. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll come down there with you. Everyone here is like passed out on their computers. I guess it's nap time or something. Hey, hey, Damien, can you just, can you just go up to one of them and like see if they have a pulse just real quick? Oh. Susie is breathing. Yeah, Susie's fine. Okay. All right, cool. I just want to make sure it's nap time and not. Well, okay, me, that's good. Uh, Suzanne is fine. As you look at her ID card. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you, I forgot that you can go through walls and stuff. So yeah, if you want to meet us down here, we're pretty much right outside the lab. I'm sure you can find us. Sounds good. See you in a bit. Yeah, see see you soon. So Damien's on his way. Hugo, read another bad situation. Oh no. Oh yeah. Do, 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 do. That's Hugo's ringtone. (laughs) I I would love that so much. (laughs) Got a nine. You get your one question. What's the best way to protect the victims? Because boy, are we victims. You see a ghostly, staticky figure walk its way out of the lab. The door is just... And this well-dressed, flickering gentleman in a suit steps out, glances at Ross, glances down at you guys, and then points at all of you, and you hear him say, Aha! More of the guests! And then he just starts sprinting at your group. Raven's backing up. She knows she's with some very strong people. <laughs> she's not oh. going to physically nudge Hugo forward, but she's really hoping he's going to step up and do something cool. Magic time. We go and clap our hands together. We're going to slam on the ground. And we're going to try to put up a barrier. Oh, oh, okay. That's a 14. Hello, Hugo. <laughs> All right, Hugo. Welcome to the party. The, uh barrier flies up what does it look like essentially it'll be the same color of electrical static as they are and you remember that scene from um the phantom menace where there's that red energy barrier oh yeah Mm -hmm. it's one of those so that goes up you see the figure slows its sprint to a, a little jog and then just stops in front of the barrier it tilts its head and runs a finger down the barrier and it obviously like crackles and sparks Interesting, Mr. Rashad. Seems you can deliver when put under pressure. He's just gonna stare. (laughs) Aiden puts herself, not in front of anybody, but like she also steps up to the barrier. What do you want? 
the figure regards her. Fascinating! <laughs> Aiden Brightwood! Or should I call you Sarah? Or Jane? Wait! And he just starts calling out all these names. My goodness! So much information on you! Are you all aware of this Google thing? I love it! And before it can, like, address you, Raven, because it does look at you, its body splits and dissipates as you see Agent Ross with her hand outstretched, still down the other end of the hallway, but her massive sword spun cut this thing in half. And it just fizzles out like, no, that's a commercial break! Raven is going to turn to Aiden and be like, are those all your, like past names and aliases. <laughs> That's what you're going to focus on right now? Uh, shouldn't we, uh... And like... Jane? Sarah? They're normal names. I I wasn't... I, I'm trying not to stand out a lot. Ross floats over, her feet not touching the ground, but just spectrally comes back over. The sword lifts upright and then... Ross is and... playing a different game than the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> Ross is level 30. And she says, uh, are you okay? Is she on the same side of the barrier as us or on the no, other side? No, she's on the other side. Once the guy dissipates, you guys can walk through Hugo's barrier and join her. When she does let herself touch down onto the ground again, the sword hovers behind her back. And then you notice now, having seen her up close and the lights are sort of back on in this area, all the belts and wrappings that had been around the sword were around her arms. And when she lets go of the etherealness about her, they fly off her arms and then wrap back around the sword again, and it latches itself around her. We've got to find Miss Eastie and make sure she's okay. You didn't bring this in here with you, did you? The the ghosty guy that just talked to us? Aiden is kind of like, he's not your friend, is he? And Ross just scowls at her. No. I think we uh, would have noticed if we had that guy in our group. He's a lot. I had to ask. Agents 101, get all the facts. And she does like a shrug, like, I'm just doing my job. You can stick with me. I'll keep you safe. Or if you want to try and get out of here, you're my guest. Mm, what floor are we on? So right now, you three and Ross are, you are on the third floor. I'm fairly certain that field trips don't entail leaving, quite so soon at least. She nods and thinks for a second. She says, you know what? That's not a bad idea. You all look like you could use some protection. And so she heads down one hallway, opens a door that's like a stairwell again. And she says, let's go get you some tools and heads up those stairs. Felicity, you're outside with Agent Max Beagle. Right now, you guys are crouched behind a hedge and like a stone. It's like decorative garden stuff on the grounds of the Easty compound. You both have your backs pressed up against this stone. And he has been taking like pebbles or like playing cards from a deck in his pocket and just flicking them out. And without fail, these turrets that are now lining the perimeter of the EC agency have and like blown them apart or like knocked them out of the sky. Ah, <laughs> oh, they're thorough. I'll give them that. Uh, my, my friends are inside. And, and Felicity, where do you- I get shot? 
You can see from the outside, the Eastie Agency compound has had these protective iron sheets, telescoping like shades that kind of chink and locked into place. The whole building now looks different on the outside than it did before. Can you tell them to stop? Can you, can you shut them off? Can you call somebody? Are you good for anything right now? Because I don't want to die, thanks. And that just blew up everything that you threw at it. And I'm bigger Uh, than that, so... He smiles, puts the deck away, and just pats your knee, trying to, like, be reassuring. I'll tell you what. No, I cannot shut them off. No, I can't call anyone. I tossed my phone aside when it tried to electrocute me. And, yes, I am good for something. I'm a very calm person, Miss Starnbrook. I feel like we need a little more than just calm right now. Like, a certain amount of panic is maybe necessary. Do you know why I'm partnered with Miss Ross? No, I would have no idea why anyone's partnered with her. She seems miserable. I will say that, generally, my cheery and encouraging demeanor has been helpful for allowing her to channel her supernatural abilities towards productive ends. And after what I saw you do to that test dummy in there, perhaps you could do the same? What do you say, partner? And he offers a hand to you. I say I feel like a cowboy now. Has he encouraged you? Would you like to use magic on some of these turrets? I'll crush him! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thirteen! So... Mac is peeking over the edge, and he's doing some math in his head. Now, that one's range of fire seems limited, and he starts to, like, point out that all those stones he'd been throwing and cards and things were actually very intentional. And he was basically trying to figure out where the blind spots in these turrets were so that he could maybe figure out a path through all this. So he points out one of them. If you can just get that one wrenched to the side or disable it, Listen, I don't want to flavor your your solo act. If you can just handle that one over there, I think I can rush over to that one and shut it down. That'll at least get us to the front door without being harangued any further. I can handle it. I can't tell you how, but it will (laughs) be handled. That'll do just fine. So you reach out with your magic, and this time you're thinking, just crush it again, please. And with 13, it totally does. If you had taken a Play-Doh sculpture of this turret and done a towel twist, (laughs) that's now the structure and shape that it resembles. (laughs) Mac sprints across the field, following the little, like, tactical path he's laid out for himself. He's able to strafe around and then slides underneath this thing, gets behind it, and quickly takes out, like, a large knife that he's got and cuts a few wires, and then it... Also shuts down. Right on. Now let's see what we can do about opening this can of worms. And calmly sheathes his knife, and the two of you stroll up to the front entrance of the Eastie Agency. Okay, partner. Let's jump to. Damien's just like wandering the hallways. Oh, sure, come over to check out my agency where everyone takes naps and the power doesn't work. P.S. You're not welcome anymore. (laughs) Poor Damien. Whitaker, you and Olivia are making your way down this back stairwell, and you get to the lowest level that you can get to with this uh, stairway. 
and she uh, pulls a small gun out of her coat pocket, and she says, Now, we don't know what's been compromised in there. Let's be on alert. Always am. Takes out his gun. I'll let you decide. Do you want to investigate a mystery or act under pressure? Ooh, I guess investigate a mystery would be better, because then I can Mm -hmm. start asking questions and shit. And questions are what we're all about. Let's do some dice rolls. That's an eight. I get one question as we open the doors. Cold storage, as its name implies, has a pretty chilly blast of air as you guys step into this underground hangar. It's one of the biggest spaces in the whole compound, despite being the lowest level. And it is very tall racks with a lot of containers and chests. There are a couple forklifts, which have their lights off. Are you doing the, like, the cool like gun and flashlight move? Oh, you know it. Yeah. yeah. You see that one of the forklifts has a driver slumped over on it. Mm-hmm. Another has, they've like rolled off the thing and it went and rammed into a, a wooden crate as they like fell mm-hmm. off it and it kept going. Luckily, it didn't knock anything over to, like, crush anyone, but it's pretty quiet down here. And just to note, he's keeping Olivia Eastie in his range of vision at all times. Not, not putting his back to her. She is, uh, you know, following... I don't following... know if she'd notice, but yeah. Well, she, she's following, like, procedure. Like, she'll move ahead and duck behind a, a crate, look around, and then give you the all clear to, like, come forward and also look around. I think the question... I'm going to ask, which I feel like is most appropriate, is, in this case, what happened here? Where did it escape from? Mm-hmm. So we can get more information on what exactly we're dealing with. As you guys check the different rows, and again, it's a very big facility, and you're using the different crates and things as cover. They've all got official barcoded label stickers on them, describing like what's inside them or like what's being contained or whatever. But you make your way a ways into the compound until you see one of the crates with the lid slightly askew and into the shelf that it's on, stuffing like hay or shredded paper just sort of strewn about on the ground. And you can see bits of glass from one of the large bulbs from the ceiling that is now down around this area. Your feet kind of crunch into it. Olivia sees that, is just like, go check it out, because she doesn't have her shoes. Did we ruin her heels when we probably- Oh yeah, oh yeah. I was hoping she had, like, cool agent crowbar heels. No. (laughs) She was being resourceful, but not, like, prepared to be trapped in an elevator at any time. Uh, yeah. Mm, Yeah, with some hesitation, he moves forward, but it's, like, he's kind of at an angle. (laughs) So he can look back at her. Is there any indication of how this thing got out? I don't know if we could tell that from the situation, but... You don't really see any forced damage to the crate at all. Do you peer inside? Yeah. You see an old AM FM radio, the type that would like sit in a living room as the centerpiece of the living room with like a a couple old light up dials and things on it to show like the station you were on if you moved the turner knob. The uh, glass cover for the like which channel am I on panel is cracked. You see some of the stuffing padding of this particular thing is like singed a little bit. And then you catch it out of the corner of your eye, but a large shape leaps from the top of one of the big stacks and lands on top of another. 
And of course, Olivia trains her gun up there. Yeah, we've got movement. I'm gonna go around the side and kind of like pads off to like get up the other flank of it. What do you do now? I'm gonna try and help her flank, I guess, make sure we're getting both sides of it. But before I do that, you said that the boxes have like little like information thingies or, or was it barcodes? Yeah. Or something about the things inside. Can I see the one that was on this one? You can actually. It has written in like an old typewriter print on this like old faded curling label, Radio Ghost. It's dated 1948. That's what it says on it. I mean, it has old faded scribbles of the agent that brought it in and all that stuff, but in the dark or rather without like spending a lot of time looking at it, you can't make out what it says. Yeah, so uh, I'm gonna help Livy Easty flank. I'm gonna point my flashlight up at it. Just, I don't know. I wasn't sure if I was doing that already, but. Uh... Yeah, your, your focus is now on this thing that's on top of the large shelf. It's like, I don't know what to call it, but the type of shelving that you get in like a Home Depot, essentially. Yeah, Those like the yeah. big metal ones. I don't know if there's a specific name for that, but. Just scaffolding. Yeah, like scaffolding shelves. You have your, your lights and everything, and this large shadow slowly peeks up from behind one of the crates. And when your light catches it, you see it's reflected in these big eyes, almost like an animal in the, in the dark. And you see some big, large tusks coming up from a bottom lip that then slowly curls into a grin. And uh, you hear, oh, hey! About time you got down here. <laughs> and Norm Northunder, the abominable snowman who works in cold storage, pads his way down the, the shelving unit and comes over to you. And of course, Director Eastie also puts her flashlight away, she holsters her gun in her little like sidearm holster. Mr. Northunder, perhaps you can shed some light on the situation. Oh, I'd like to, Miss uh, Director, but honestly, I'm as confused as the rest of you lot. We were just moving some crates around, putting in the new acquisitions, and uh, yeah, I, I I don't know how this got opened. I figure that's who got out, but all I know is we were working over in Section 38, and uh, one of the boys saw there was like a glowing man. He pointed him out, and that's when all the lights did all their crazy flipping and tripping, and I checked a breaker box. That's all shot. We're going to have to have to replace some bulbs, I think. And then I heard the lockdown, so I've just been stuck down here till you guys came and opened the doors from the other side, so. Thank you, Norm. That's very enlightening. As, as usual, it's a pleasure to talk to you. <laughs> we need information about this as quickly as possible. Are any of the databases up and running right now? Oh, I haven't checked them. We'd have to go into the office over there. But yeah, we can, and he goes over and like takes the label off the old wooden crate and uh, brings it with him. And you guys can go over to his like foreman's office. He sits down on like a, a little wooden stool, but then like the keyboard that he's got is one of those like oversized ones for his big blue <laughs> paws. He gets a little like checkout scanner thing, scans the label on it, and <laughs> puts it back in the <laughs> It's like customer service, essentially. <laughs> it's just like pulls up a file. God, I wish I worked in cold storage. <laughs> yeah, you can hang out with Norm. <laughs> But yeah, it takes a minute. His computer is like warming up and everything after it got shorted out the first time. And he says... Uh, Whitaker's trying to call Damien again. Yeah. <laughs> if you 
try to use your phone down here, you get no signal. Yeah. It's just too below ground. Olivia is pensively, has her finger tapping her lip, and she just looks concerned. And uh, the scan goes through, and Norm, like, pulls it up. He's like, all right, radio ghost. Uh, hmm. He's an old one. Been down here a while, it seems. Uh, oh, before the reno. All right, well, that's... Uh, Unfortunately, uh, yeah, Whitaker, that's before my time working here. Uh, I came over in, oh, the late 70s. So, uh, yeah, your boy here, he's from right around post-World War II, seems like. All right. So we've got nothing here, then. Oh, it's not nothing. And he, like... <laughs> well, okay, <laughs> so I, I, mis- I misinterpreted what he said. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, he, he's, like, clicking on the file, and it's, like, old newspaper clippings come up and it's saying things like the splitting of the atom and man's pathway to the future and, and like headlines like that talking about the science of the time roll me it's basically a luck check just to see how much is in the database i guess investigate a mystery again and then depending you can ask more questions about this monster the seven one question i guess we sort of have an idea of we sort of have an idea of what it is and what it can do. What can hurt it? That's that's important. What can hurt it? The headlines and things that are pulled up and the articles that you're able to like quickly peruse talk about an uh, accident at a experimental facility where a gentleman was caught when a machine overloaded, but that the emergency sprinkler system that triggered shut the facility down. And it's talking about damage to the taxpayer's dollar, the hydroelectric plant. Blah, blah, you know, it's like saying, so you think maybe you can like short this thing out the way you would with electronics, maybe? Yeah, sort of. So like salt, salt water, or maybe if we connect yeah, the two you, ends of the battery together. <laughs> if you wanted to get, yeah, fancy with it. Norm is pulling up other files related to it. Let's see uh, how they brought him in the last time. Uh, and as he goes to hit that button, the screen... It, and that figure with the static face just wags a finger at the screen. Ah, uh, 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 that'd be cheating now, wouldn't it? Come on, Whitaker, play the game! You see the computer then just... Well, that's just downright rude. It really is, Norm, it really is. All right, well, it's a start. I'm going to try and get back in touch with Damien. If he's accessing our electrical network, I could try to shut down the whole building from my office we could do that we could try that though it's a lot of flights back up we just got down here i passed my fitness exam flights of stairs is fine i'm not <laughs> that old i meant for me i don't want to that's why we have elevators Whitaker. <laughs> <laughs> all right that seems like as good an idea as any do we know where it will go if it doesn't have a um you know why live wires to run across she thinks for a second i I don't know if you'd know that well she she thinks for a second she's like if we could shut off the power to everywhere except maybe one place we could trap it somewhere force it where we want it yes norm uh you said there was a breaker box down here we could take a look at oh yeah it's just over down in the back corner there try to keep it away from things so we don't bump it with any of those forklifts i can take a look at that yeah, that could help us um, control where the power's going and see if we can direct the movement of this thing. What floor do you want to force it to? Which one's got the best sprinklers? I'll have to check my Eastie agency layout and decide that. 
the training room, honestly. <laughs> that would make sense because, you know. Yeah, I, either the training facility or the, uh, the armory. Ooh. Yeah, take him to the armory. I, yeah, I don't know about that one, folks. <laughs> Listen, I don't know if he can pick up a gun, but I don't want to see him try. <laughs> the library, actually, has a fire suppressant system. And not, not a lot of electronics on. in there. I'm not keen on... It's a lot of books. It's a lot of water on a lot of books. Well, I understand. Either that or the training facility. And the training facility feels like it's, you know, designed to be exploded a bit and rained on. Well, if we can get him back down there, I'll see what I can do with the breakers. All right. I got to make sure that my wards are all out of that area. All right, then. Good luck, Agent. And she and Norm will leave this foreman's office to then go check on the, the breaker situation, see what they can do with that. Time to go find my babies. Speaking my of, children. Felicity, you and Mac are outside. You are essentially working or need to figure out a way back inside the facility since it has been locked down. You don't have anybody that you can just call? Like, why is this going to be so difficult for us? You work here. Well, uh, this is your first time here. And I'm sorry we're sort of leading with a bad foot forward. But I assume you've been informed of our purpose in general, what we do as an agency. Um, Yes, I did take the orientation. I watched the video. We had some popcorn. Yeah, right. So when we have a certain troublesome artifacts or uh, creatures that need to be contained or that we can't seem to wipe from this mortal existence somehow we try to keep them contained here and uh, given the threat that they sometimes and often pose to the general public well this whole defense thing is designed to keep them from getting much further out of our grasp okay but like how do we break it i want to go back inside you hear over the intercom felicity Afraid of being alone, are we? That would make sense, Miss Starnbrook. God? <laughs> are you Max- there, God? It's me, Felicity. <laughs> Max-, Max eyebrow raises like, that's your reaction? <laughs> and over like this intercom at the, the front door, uh, you hear this voice. Separated from your friends. First ones in a while, it seems. Gosh, Facebook, am I right? Wow. Uh, thanks for that, uh, mysterious voice. So many messages left unanswered. Seems you reach out quite a bit, but don't get a lot of replies back. I understand that. What? Hey, listen, why are you being such an asshole right now? (laughs) Mac is going to draw his gun, but the radio ghost continues and says, Tell me, Miss Donbrook. What would happen if I were to, say, take your friends away permanently? And you see a monitor that... And you see a camera view of the hallway that Aiden, Hugo, Raven, and Agent Ross are all walking through. And you see it start to, like, buzz and shake. And these, like, ghostly hands start reaching out of the walls towards all of them. Really now... What would it take for you to really cut loose? I'd like you to act under pressure, Felicity. I feel like um, she is not very good at this, but let me just uh, <laughs> go ahead and yeah, that's a plus zero. Huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Four. 
Felicity, you tell me, how upset is Felicity right now? Like, um... This ghost is needling her. We're gonna put it in, like, the bracket of unbridled rage. We're gonna throw it right on in there, so... You start to lift off the ground, not in the, like, anti-gravity way, more like Agent Ross. Your hair starts to lift and swirl as sort of a wind picks up around you. Agent Mac steps back. He's still got his hand reaching for his gun. He hasn't drawn it yet, though. And you hear the radio ghost just chuckle over the monitor. Come now. Let's really see it. It is, like, twisted and warped, and you're not even gesturing with your hands or anything. You just think, stop it, and that whole section of wall is blown forward. And on the other side of this torn-out section of the front entrance, you see that flickering blue figure, and he's standing there with his arms sort of folded behind his back, that still static face, and he says, There it is! Now we're really cooking with gas. And then you just hear, bang, 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 as Mac is unloading on this dude. And the shots fly through this figure, which does the thing like in a TV when the static does a little ripple. It gets one ripple and then it disappears. And you calm down and like set back down on the ground. And Mac steps up beside you and he says, there's another reason I'm partnered with Agent Ross, Miss Starnbrook. And you guys in the hallway with Agent Ross. She now is glowing with her ghostly sword. Her face looks a lot more desiccated and her hair is glowing pure white now and floating in the air. And she has her sword out and is defending as Aiden's glow comes up into her fists and you guys are all backed up against each other as these static arms are reaching for you through the walls. And we see Ross twitch and the sword goes up against these arms. We cut back to Mac as he reloads his gun and looks down at you, he says, I ain't afraid of no ghost. And that's where we'll end our session tonight. <laughs> oh man. Thank you, Natalie. You're welcome. Yes. Thank you so much, Natalie. <laughs> oh. That was amazing. So goddamn good. That's our adventure for this week. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll find out how our heroes deal with the radio ghost next time. Ah! <laughs> I love the radio ghost. Right? Dude, I He's have been awesome. wanting to bring back the transatlantic accent for so long, and this just reminded me of how fucking good it is. It's so much fun. It reminds me of the like intros to Legend of Korra. Episode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! That's a that thousand the first percent thing going channeling. Yes. Yep. Good. <laughs> I like, love those. Like, whatever the aesthetic word for sound is, is wonderful. <laughs> and then when he started, like, going after Felicity. Oh, that was, that was amazing. Sometimes yeah. when there's no news, you must make the news. <laughs> <laughs>